Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. We are getting ready to hustle and thrive. And I'm so excited for all of my Hustle Believe Receive readers to catch up with today's guest um, because it's been a little while since we last uh, caught up with Lanell Williams. I'm super excited to have him on. This guy is a manifesting master. I know I've been manifesting for a long time, but uh, so has he. And that was one of the reasons why um, I had to have his story in HBR because I hadn't ever really met another person who had manifested so much from their boards like I had. Um, and one of the things I, I just love about this guy is we have really built a strong friendship over the last like four years since we initially connected. Um, and so I can't wait for you to meet him because the energy that he brings into the room attracted even Oprah. <laughs> so, Lanelle, <laughs> welcome. How you doing, my friend? Thank you. Sarah Fitzella. I'm wonderful. <laughs> Dynamic uh, I, duo up in here. Right. I love it. And it's, it's such an honor. And I'm so proud of you for doing this. I've been listening to the first few podcasts, and I was like, this girl, she just doesn't stop, does she? And I love it. Ah, thank you. I love it. Thank but you. But it's an honor to be here, so thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, we're going we're gonna to probably talk about this today, too, but um, because you have been in the public eye for a long time. You have um, a YouTube show that you've had for a long time, and so you're no stranger to, to this or to this format. And I had been giving podcast interviews for like five years, so I was used to being on the other side of it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm open and honest about sometimes we're called to do something, and me, for one, I can be so fucking stubborn. I can be like, not now, not now. You know, and the universe is like, bitch, I'm going to knock you sideways if you don't figure this stuff out. Oh, um, my goodness, yes. And that's kind of I what know all about that. ever happened. Has it ever happened to you? Oh, yes. It happens to me all the time. Um, I always, you know, people ask me, you know, what's the lesson that, that took you the longest to learn? And like you, I had the stubbornness thing. And... Um, it was at first I thought it was to listen to the whispers. You know how you get those little inklings when you shouldn't be doing something, mm-hmm. or maybe that you should be doing something, but you kind of just pass it by because in your mind and your ego is trying to construct another narrative, and you don't you don't really have time for that spiritual stuff because that's not aligning with what you think you want. So <laughs> I was always exactly. trying to tell, tell the universe, you know, you sit over here, girl. Just hold on, I got this. And she's like, okay, <laughs> I'll wait. Exactly because what I have learned. I've learned if we don't listen to that, I mean, shit's going to hit the fan at some point because, and, and like I said, I've been stubborn, so, you know, I didn't listen to the whispers that led to, <laughs> to my world blowing up 10 years ago, um, and I've been stubborn in the past, so that was one of the reasons why, for this, it had been, like, on my heart or calling or whatever, and everyone had been asking me about it for, like, two years, and so when COVID hit, because my main excuse was, like, it's too complicated, I don't have the time to figure it out, you know? And mm-hmm. so when COVID hit, I was like, oh, girl, this means if you – now your excuse is removed, you have time. Um, and if you don't figure it out now, it's not going to be pretty. So just do it. Right. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did because now I get to have conversations with people like you. So it's Uh-oh, amazing. So, so wonderful. Catch us up on, you know, where you've been, what you've been doing. So in Hustle, Believe, Receive, we did our interview. We didn't know each other before that. <clears throat> Um, it was that book was such an amazing connector. I'm telling you, the friendships that have come out of that, and I know you've connected um, with many people from the book. And we were both at the the book launch in, in New York City, where I got to meet you for the first time. Um, and really, you know, like I said, we've been building a friendship ever since. Um, but where has life taken you since then? Have you continued to manifest? Oh, yes, I'm still manifesting. Oh, my goodness. It just seems like that. That just seems like so long ago. You said like four years. Doesn't I, it? Like, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've known you forever. What are you talking about? Right? Four years. So, um, and it's been great, the visibility from the book, uh, 
just the other day I got a, uh, a note from a lady um, on Instagram. I think it was Bella, Bella Jalo or Bella J. I don't know mm-hmm. how, how she pronounced it. But she really she had just read the story, and uh, she reached out to me, and I just thought, you know what? It's, and then that always comes right on time because people are always connecting. You just never know how far um, yeah. how far reaching something is supposed, to, is supposed to be. And I'm so glad. What you didn't tell them about how we met, which I always love, is how, yes, how we initially first met. <laughs> and we were both on an episode of The Talk, of CBS Time show, The Talk. Oh, my God, um, that's doing right. a virtual thing from home. I literally forgot. And, that's right. <laughs> and then afterwards, you sent me something. And I was, I just thought, it was, I honestly, I, I thought that Sarah was just sending me something, like another person trying to get to Oprah kind of yeah. thing. I was getting so much. <laughs> trying to get to That was DM. right at the height. <laughs> yeah, that was right at the height of when all of that first, my relationship with her first became visible. And, um, and so, I, but you, you were persistent, and I love that. So then I finally actually read what you had to say, and I was like, oh, she's got some sense. And I'm so glad that you were persistent and that we were able to connect because it's, You've been one of the like most inspirational people. Now, so oh what I've been gosh. doing since that time, there's been there's been, I've, you know travel is my passion, and I find I've learned the you know everyone talks about their purpose, and you know I was always how do I put my purpose into words? What is my purpose? You know I always would say stand in your light, but I realized I finally found language, and I am here to I, I promote life, and by that I mean living it to the fullest, and I try to be an example mm-hmm. of that. I try to lift people up to do that. I mean, maybe live your life, no matter what your circumstances are right now, uh, whether they're good or bad or indifferent, you know, there's always room to grow. And so, I, and I'm really about promoting that. So I've really been trying to do that through online platforms. I've been doing a lot of traveling and just not, not, you know, I, I do a lot of travel with my work, but also just a lot of personal travel. I've had some amazing experiences. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. I, I've had some great vision um Vision, I started with vision boards, but now I do right. vision boards, and I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about you. that. I, I've converted <laughs> you because here's the thing. Um, it, it's so funny because you're, you're right. Um, the way things come together, the universe always has a plan, right? Um, and the, like you said, the way that we met, we both just, I want to say randomly, but nothing is random. Um, we've been on this little segment. I think my segment was less than 30 seconds or something on the talk. Um, and when I watched this segment, yours either came right before mine or right after. I was like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? i got to know this guy, <laughs> you know? Um, and I also love that you brought up persistence because I talk a lot about it in Hustle, Believe, Receive. I call it relentless pursuit. Um, and it, it is the ability to, A, not be offended by a no, and right. to also almost, this is going to sound bad. People are going to take this wrong. I just know it. Know your place. <laughs> I'm sorry if that offends you, but you you got to. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You don't approach somebody that you admire or look up to. And I looked you up and I was like, oh, shit, he's doing all the stuff I wish I was doing, you know, I want to do. Um, and so when you're reaching out to somebody like that, you don't come at them like, hey, I'm king shit, you know. You, you right, know what I right. mean? And, like, that drives me crazy. I think people just lack humbleness. And so, right. you know, when you do that, and somebody either ignores you or says no, then you take it all personally. You're all like butthurt about it. But when you right. are humble anyway, and you're like, I just want to learn, you know, I just right. want to be like in your presence so that I can figure out how to be a better person myself and all of those things. Um, and I think that's something that we recognize immediately in each other is just like, man, I, there's so much I can learn from you. Like, I just want to be in your space, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're in it. I'm glad you're in it. And I love what, I love what you said about re- when you reach out to people. You know, cause so, so often people give something to get something. And it's like, no. If or you they just really, ask and take and take and yeah. take and take and take. Take yeah. and take and take, right. But if you're actually coming and bringing something to the table, if you're coming with an offering, and I see some sincerity, or that what you're bringing to the table mutually benefits us both, that's how business 100%. is conducted. And that's yes. how relationships are formed. That's how relationships are massaged. So you, you can't just reach out to ask somebody who's been working and hustling and doing their thing, you know, let me just ride your coattails, basically, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. No, you've got to bring something to the table. You've got to bring something to offer. And a lot of times, like you were saying, if you just reach out and take your ego out of it, 
and just reach out sincerely and be persistent, you'll never know where the relationship will go because people will be much more receptive to bringing you into the fold. Exactly. Oh my, oh my God, I have so much I want to talk about, but um, can we just go into this piece of it? Because you and I had lunch this last summer, right? When you were in Portland. Mm-hmm. See, this right. is what I love about these relationships. Um, you know, they, they go on and they go on. Like we are friends. We will be friends yep. again. You know what I'm saying? Um, yep. And, and we met over social media, over a DM. So you guys Correct. who are out there listening and you want to elevate your crew and you want to have um, people you admire and respect as your friends, this is the formula. This is the formula that I know we both use, you know, and it's something that I use, I've been using for, God, like eight or nine years um, to the point right. where when I was in the corporate world, I used to get avidly recruited literally just for that fact. They would say, I almost don't care what your sales numbers are. I know that you can re- make relationships like no one else. Actually, you're actually kind of famous in our business space <laughs> because everyone knows you and everyone, no one has anything bad to say about you because they would call you a friend. And that right. was like when I was like, wait, so other people aren't doing this? Or maybe other people, you know, I, I kind of thought that was, how you interacted with people. Right, that's know? how you interact with people. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was like you treat them with respect. You, you know, you take them to lunch. You don't ask them to take you and just stuff like that. Um, and so when you and I were, were having lunch last summer, we started talking about this because I think you're a true master at that as well, at building a crew that, you know, isn't physically in front of you. And right now, what a, a more important time to be having this conversation um, because we are all on, you know, lockdown. And if you don't have the ability to maintain and build friendships that aren't physically in front of you, it can be really hard and isolating. So, and and you have friends in high places. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there. But talk to me a little bit about how you've also done that, like how, how you've built these relationships with people that you admire to the point where it's mutually respect, you know? Absolutely. So I've always, like before, you know, I'm of an age where I was around before social media and all the digital access where we actually had to, like, write letters to people or you had to right. try to, you know, you had to scope out, like, go on a scavenger hunt to try to find out where the people were. So... <laughs> So I'm, I'm very well um, versed in doing my research before trying to, you know, connect with people that I feel might be on the same path where, like, nowadays you have it a lot, a lot easier. And I would say to young people especially, listen, you don't, you don't even understand what you have. With all this digital access, I've been able to – that's how I foster most of my relationships. It's like I, right. if there are people that I want to connect with online, and I was like, wow, you mean I don't even have to get dressed and leave the house? I don't have to hunt them down at a <laughs> supermarket exactly. or at a party? I could just stay in the bed and do this? And so, you know, genuinely engage with them. Just genuinely engage. Don't try to, you know, don't try to force anything. Um, and, you, and you'll be surprised. You, th- you might be thinking, well, you know, Maybe if, if it's a big organization, it's just the person that's running their social media feed. What does that mean? Or if it's a celebrity, you know, they've got a thousand messages. Why would they see mine? And as long as you think that way, that's what will be your experience. <laughs> but yep. if you are actually engaging where you, you, you feel that you're the only one or your, your engagement is the one that matters, then you'd be surprised at how it might be reciprocated and the access that you will, that you will gain from that. So I've been doing this all of my life. I think I... Um, fostering this, these relationships uh, has always been uh, just a priority. It's like I, I'm okay being the center of attention. I'm also okay being anonymous. And so being able to adapt those ways in whatever situation I'm in, it has enabled me to really be able to connect with people because it's not, there's not a, a, a battle of ego or anything. It's just a, how, can I, how, can, how can I help you help me to help us to grow? So, ooh, ooh, wait, um, you yeah, you dropped know, some gold. You dropped some gold. Okay. <laughs> well, I know. Gold up. Um, because I, you know, here's the thing that comes back to, and again, I know no one's going to appreciate how I say this, but that's just life. Um, it comes back to kind of knowing your role or knowing your place. And it doesn't mean right. that I'm putting myself down and that I don't think I'm worthy. It doesn't mean any of that shit. It means that if 
someone has worked really hard and attained uh, whatever their success is, and I have an aspiration to also attain my success, and I am still learning, that I am perfectly fine with being publicly invisible in that or whatever the case is. You know, I'm not out there trying to be like, oh, because I ride with you, now I am you. Not, and right. lots of people are that way. You know what I mean? Um, right. And I think I was very similar because <clears throat> over the last eight or nine years, um, I've been fortunate to both work with and build relationships with and coach and just various other things with a lot of celebrities, a lot of pro athletes, a lot of people who are really in the limelight. Um, and I would be able to sit back and have, you know, kind of a front row seat to how people deal with that situation. Like there's so many people in those crews or whatever who really are like, oh, because I know someone, I am someone type thing. And it's just like, man, just chill out. Like right. <laughs> just chill out. You know, we're not, it doesn't need to be all about the ego. It doesn't need to be all about, and I think that's, um, and I was always, and still to this day, I will always look to make sure that I'm bringing value to any relationship. And if I mm-hmm. feel like I'm not, then it's probably not the relationship for me, no matter what. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and nope. I'm okay with separating myself from that and moving on. Um, so that is one of the first things I think everyone should really ask themselves. Like, And it's never going to really come down to the money because I would say most of my friends are fucking loaded. So we're never going right. to compete on – well, we will. I will say that. I mean, I'm not going to compete. But you know what I'm saying? Like, from a financial right. standpoint, like, they've been in the millions for a long, long time. So I'm not there trying to be like, oh, I can ball harder than you or or please, like, right. pay for everything for me. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that's part of it, too, is just do your research. Know what you're talking about. It also drives me crazy when people DM me and they're like, hey, I can – I can get you on this podcast and that podcast and, and they'll list them. And I'm like, honey, I've been on all those podcasts. Like, do your research. You know? <laughs> right, do your research. <laughs> like, take two seconds. <laughs> do um, your, I mean, yes, do your homework, people. Yeah. But I love that you said that, that, you know, it is a little bit of the ability to adapt and it's not something that, that we put our, it's hard to explain. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not putting right. myself down. I'm not saying you're above me. I'm just saying, I want to learn, you know, I, I want to be a sponge and, and I want to bring value. And do you know how excited people get when, when to teach, to share? Yes. I mean, people really want to do that. So if you have an opportunity to engage with somebody, reach them from that standpoint, not what can you do for me and um, give me, give me, give me. It's like, you know, I'm interested in what you do. I have a genuine interest in what you do. Look, I've even done my homework on what, what you've done in the past and how you've gotten here, and would you have any tips for this, blah, 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 or something along yeah. those lines. And you'll be surprised yeah. at how the floodgates will open. So, Linnell, one of the reasons why everyone needs to go follow you, first of all, so give us your Instagram <laughs> handle real quick. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> sure, no worries. Uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, um, uh, yeah, on all the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, which I rarely use. Uh, they're all the number three, LW, like my initials, and TV. So three LW TV. Just Google okay. it. I'll come up somewhere. Yeah, so go follow this guy because anyone who knows me knows I'm travel obsessed. It's my happy place. It's, you know, <laughs> it's opened up a whole new, like, heartbeat for me. Just is everything. Um, and so following you, I just travel you around, I follow you around the world virtually, <laughs> you know, um, because you travel more than anyone I've ever, ever known in my entire life. You've literally been everywhere. You've probably been to most of the continents, if not all of them. Um, and, and you travel private first class. You, I mean, you know how to roll. So how can you first take us back to like where all of this started, a little bit of your backstory so we can get a sense of, you know, where you started and how you ended up being on private jets and going around the world. So, sure. So initially, like as a kid, my grandparents would take me on road trips. We'd drive around. We, we grew up, I grew up in Oakland, California, and um, my grandparents would take me to like the Grand Canyon. We'd drive to Texas. We had relatives in the Midwest. So as a kid, I was always like, you, I, got, I loved going places. 
So that, that was where the seed was planted. So I, I attribute that to my grandmother. Now, after, like when I got in high school and college, I moved to L.A. I was down there. And I wasn't really, I was focused really on kind of trying to enter the entertainment industry. And I wasn't really interested necessarily so much in travel. Well, I got a job on this on, on a set of a television show, and then one of the girls that was on the show, we've been friends for years, we're still friends to this day, um, during our hiatus, which is the summer break, she was looking for a part-time job. And so I went to this, this interview with her, and I ended up getting the job, and it was working with an airline. So I said, oh, I'll work for the airline for the summer. And so the first trip I took, um, like, because you get, you know, and that, that was before 9-11 when you could actually yeah. – get on a plane as an employee. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and I remember the first trip I took, I went to France, I went to Italy and France, and I got upgraded to first class. It was my first time in international first class. I was like, oh, I could learn this to like this. This is a life. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and at that time, mind you, I was making like $5 or something per hour plus commission, and that was in the 90s. That was not that long ago. That was even – even though that was in the 90s, that was $5 an hour was still atrocious. Okay, I still don't even, to this day, I'm like, how do I pay my rent? I know, but, right? That's crazy. Um, but I knew that, and even on that trip, I had no money when I was, like, who leaves the country with no money? I, I don't anymore, but I did back then. Uh, <laughs> and so then it kind of evolved from there, and then I ended up um, uh, doing several different positions at the airline, and then I got called to work as a private flight attendant for another company. So that introduced me to the luxury lifestyle or, or, or the um, private corporate jet type. Yeah, yeah. Um, that world, which you kind of have some, you know, in the back of your head you, you think about it, but you, you don't really know just how it really works, but it is pretty cool. And so that exposed me to that world. And then just the, the contacts and the people, and it just kind of elevated the experience. And I've been able, you asked, you said I've probably been to all the continents. I have not yet been to Antarctica. So that is on the list. Wow. Uh, <laughs> You've been everywhere but Antarctica. You know, yeah. that's one that I'd be like, eh, I'd probably be okay skipping it, but it's incredible. <laughs> so you have manifested, I mean, there's so many manifesting stories that I know kind of by heart from you that I would love for you to share. Um, okay. And I, if you feel comfortable, I, I I don't want to put you on the spot because uh, I, I know you you roll. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> okay. can you tell us how you met the queen? Is that um, one okay to share? Can it, uh, yes. Yes. So I love yeah. love this manifesting story. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it really goes along with what we were just talking about, right? Like how yeah. a quote-unquote random encounter or something that would have just been a second in time or – Today we would equate it to a DM, <laughs> um, right? Turned into something more. Can you tell us the story of how you met my idol, Miss Oprah? Miss Oprah, okay, absolutely. Now, I'm I'm an Oprah baby too, meaning that I was the last key child in the '80s who was watching her show. So basically, like she raised me one hour a day, five days a week. But um, so I've always same, loved her as same. well. And and when she launched her uh, her own network. Um, in the beginning, you know, they, they, there was a lot of bad press. They were saying she shouldn't quit her day job. Her network was struggling, blah, blah, blah. And she joined Twitter. And, you know, there were a group of us uh, who loved her, just random fans around the world. We were, you know, well, I was always in there making sure, it's like, listen, there are people out here who believe in your vision. There are people who support you. We are watching. You know, you know, fight the good fight. We're here with you. And... One day, she saw one of my tweets, and she responded to it, and I was like, holy moly. Oh, my God. I'd frame that shit. <laughs> and it was just, it was like, it was like, one, I said, I made a compliment about the network, and she just, just replied, thanks. And I was like, oh, my God, I had a tweet from Oprah Winfrey, ah! and I was going nuts. And then I said, well, if, if she tweets once, I'm going to tweet like 50 times, maybe she'll see one of them. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I said something else later, and then she said, you know, she sent me another tweet saying, thanks for your heartfelt comment about OWN. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, um, like, so, of course, I'm still tweeting. She's, you know, whatever. And then one day she tweeted me and asked me a question 
like, um, are you still in, like, wherever I was? And I was like, oh, my God. She's, like, paying attention. Like, she remembers. Oh, my God. <laughs> she remembers me as an individual. Oh, my I God. Then I was on lose a, my shit. <laughs> I was on a rampage. And so uh, the more she would tweet, the more, you know, I would tweet. If she was on, I was on. I mean, I, it was like I had a job. It's like if, if her show was on and she's live tweeting them, here I am. I didn't care where I was. I would be. At, I don't care if I was at work. Where I was, it's like, okay, no, this time. And my friends used to crack up because if they, they come to, like, see me live tweeting something, and I'd have, like, my laptop, my iPad. I'd have all these devices, and I'm jumping from one to the other. <laughs> You're like, this is like, my job, man. <laughs> it's like, this is insane. So um, one day, um, a good friend of mine, who was a good friend now, I, we didn't really know each other as well that well back then. We just knew each other online because he would tweet with Oprah also. Um, uh, Oprah asked if I was coming to light. I, I mentioned to him that I was going to Chicago that next day. And then nobody mentioned Oprah in that tweet at all. But somehow she saw the tweet and she went back and, and chimed in and asked if I was coming to Chicago for life class, which oh is a show she was the studio. And I said, um, I said, I well, now. I'll be in Chicago, <laughs> but I don't have, well, I said, I don't have a ticket for the show, but I'll have, um, I'll have, I mean, I'll be doing uh, the live streams. So I'll tweet the live streams. And then she sends me a DM, and I was like, you know, I get that notification, Oprah, uh, you have a, D, a direct message from Oprah. Oh, my I God. Like, I was like, stop the madness. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I go back, um, I read the DM, I go back to uh, the, like, the regular live tweet, because I didn't tell anybody that I got this DM. And so I, I, what I did say was, I just checked my DMs, and I have flat lines. That is all. Carry on, children. Just, you know, wow. whatever. And I didn't say anything, right? And then Oprah goes into that tweet and replies, LOL, LOL, So now everyone knows that the DM was from her. So my phone starts going crazy. Oh, my, my God. inbox starts going crazy. And, and so long story short, she had invited me to the show. And so I got up there the next day, and then I, I get there, and, her team take me into, they take me up to, by her office. They don't even take us into the regular way that the audience goes in. They take us up to her office. So we're waiting there, but she had already gone down to the studio. So we're sitting down waiting, and they take they wait till they load the audience here, and they take us in. And it's like the most amazing day. And that's where I met two of my really good friends to this day, Rich Cruz and his sister Jill Cruz. And because um, we all shared that special moment because Oprah had invited uh, Rich also, and he brought his sister uh, to the taping. And um, then afterwards, you know, we do the show. I stood up during the show. I asked a question. We go backstage afterwards. She takes pictures. She's asking me a million questions. Like, why do you travel so much? Who do you, I mean, she was just grilling. I was like, how, how does she know all of this? Damn, like, she's okay. following. <laughs> she's <Okay>. following. <laughs> and she did, she goes, and I said, she was, she, we were talking. We took the pictures, and then um, we were talking for a while. And I was, like, trying to push her off because I knew she had to do another show. And then I'm thinking, well, this is her. This is her domain. When she's ready to go, you know, she'll go. Um, so finally, we, we're talking, and she walks. And oh no, I said to her, I said, "You respond. You see so many of my tweets. How is it that you see so many of my tweets and you don't follow me?" And then she says, "She says I always see." I, she said, "How is that?" I said, "It must be divine intervention." And then she turns and she starts to walk away, and she turns back and she goes, "I'll follow you." And I was like, "Oh Damn. my god! Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> And so, so, literally, I mean, all this is happening. I, I was trying to make notes of everything so I could record a YouTube video. So I go over to the Starbucks uh, across from the studio, and I'm trying to make all these notes and so I can get everything down so I can only tell the story once and then everybody can see it. And um, then I get a notification that Oprah follows you. I'm like, OMG. Oh and my then my God. phone's blowing up, and then somebody says, um, you know, I'm, I'm not answering the phone. I'm not going to answer the phone. But I saw this number, and it said, I said, that looks like, on the caller ID, I said, that looks like a hard phone number. So I call back, and her assistant says to me, um, this just keeps getting better. She'd like to know if you are free for dinner tonight. She wants to treat you to a dinner at her favorite restaurant. I was like, stop. Holy shit. Mess. And, um, which is, was RL, which is Ralph Lauren's restaurant in downtown Chicago. And I'm just like, of course, of course I can be there. So <laughs> basically, you know, <laughs> it just snowballed from there. And then, so we just connected, and she started inviting me to different things in different cities. And then um, 
And it's uh, been it a growing from friendship yeah. for years, because that was quite a few years ago, yeah. right? That's and, like seven, eight years ago, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and, just incredible. And so I, I think it goes to what we were talking about earlier, too. Like, you've never been like, hey, Oprah, can you buy me a house? Right, <laughs> you know? never, um, never. Like, honest to God, there's so many people like that we laugh at it, but I promise you she probably gets that on a daily basis. You know, oh, yeah. that's what people are reaching out for. Hey, can you do this? Can you pay off my debt? You know, and when you're someone who is just genuinely there for the person, um, right. They can feel it, you know, and that's what's enabled um, the relationship to grow over time. And uh, so I know you believe strongly in future boards. I converted you, like I said, I think, yeah. I hope, um, <laughs> because you first did your first vision board, um, mm-hmm. gosh, before college, right? So quite a while ago. Tell oh, us yeah. about that yeah, high school. board. Okay, so the very first board, I didn't know, I didn't know that's what I was doing. And so it wasn't, uh, I didn't really put together that it was actually a vision board until later. But at the time, I was in Oakland, and I wanted to go to Pepperdine, which is a small liberal arts school down in Los Angeles, and very, very expensive private school. And I just, I, I just dreamed of, of going to this place, and, and everyone around my, the first time I mentioned it to people, they were like, well, you don't have the grace to get in there, or, you know, it was always some detractor. How are you going to afford it? Blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. The haters. And, <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, well, these people are crazy. And so basically, literally, I literally took all the literature I could find about the school. The, the, I had a map of the campus. Uh, literally, I just envisioned myself sitting in classes in this particular building. I saw myself living in this particular dorm. I saw myself going to this place to eat. I mean, literally in my imagination, in my mind at that time. You're building the I movie, just, the movie in your yeah, head. Yeah, I just, the movie in my head. I just inserted it all. I started it into that being part of my life. And long story short, it all came to fruition <laughs> later. But, at, you know, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. Right, yeah. But looking back, that's exactly like, oh, what it that's is. Exactly where that, that's exactly what this yep. is. Yeah, so then, you, you know, you were surrounding yourself with the pictures of it, whether it was the brochure or whatever the case was. But I, I love how you mentioned that you were building it in your head first because that yes. is truly the core of a future board, which I think a lot of people um, didn't know when they were making, you know, standard vision boards. They're just going through magazines saying, hey, a taco looks good. I'll put a taco on my board, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> But but you were actually doing a lot of the kind of method that I teach without even knowing it, which is create that movie in your head first. Like get that right. down, get excited by it, um, allow yourself to daydream about it as much as possible, which is kind of what you were doing each time you were building that in. And then the visuals that you put up – you know, whether it was from the, the brochure or whatever, wherever you were getting the visuals before Pinterest back in the day, right? Um, right. All that was doing was just reminding you. It was like in your space to remind you of that. And that right there is right. so clutch to what Future Boards is all about, you know, That's like how, we, how we get there. Yeah, how we get there. And you've been manifesting from those boards ever since, right? You had oh, a yeah. huge oh, yeah. manifestation, what, two years ago? With um, oh, yeah. Mr. President? Yes, so I kid you not. I mean, I, I think I have a future board upstairs. I think I want to say it was like February of 2018 or maybe 2017. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, his name is G. Small. He and his husband have this great new restaurant here in Atlanta. I went to their house, and he and his, he, his son and I did our – well, we were still calling them vision boards. That was right before I converted to future boards. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we, were doing our, we were doing our boards. And um, literally, so as, as we were done with them, as we got done with them, you, you know, theirs had a lot more stuff on it. Mine had, mine still had a lot of white space on the page. And so he was asking, he said, doesn't your page need a little more than that? I said, well, this is, this is the way that I work it. And, and these are the things. So I, I was explaining to him what each image meant. So I had a picture of President and Mrs. Obama on the, on the board. And I said, you know, I just, I just want to meet them and thank them and hopefully get a picture with them. And so I said, I don't know how that's going to happen because they've already been in the White House, so the layer of protection and secret service around them, I'm not just about to run into them at Target or Walmart. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's just not about exactly. that. So I don't know how it's going to happen. So you just literally have to surrender. I felt spiritually that I was entitled to have the experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I don't believe that you're. I love that. I don't believe that. Yeah, because seeds, you aren't, you aren't giving seeds and ideas and desires for nothing. You're giving them because you're worthy yes. of handling them. You're worthy of, so it's your responsibility to kind of to own them and, and step into them. them. Yeah. Ooh, step into them. So good. So I didn't know how it was going to happen. And I just put it on there. You know, I, I walked past the board and reminded yeah, I'm going to meet those Obamas one day. I don't know how that's going to happen. I kid you not. <laughs> it wasn't even two years later. It was like a year and ten months or so. Um, I get an email from work that I've been assigned to travel to pick up a VIP government client. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, we, but I've, I've done other government people, whatever. Yeah. And so I, we, we still had no clue. And then finally, I guess after the Secret Service was, vetting was done, um, we got a notification that we'd be going to Hawaii to pick uh, President and Mrs. Obama and the two dogs. Oh, my and God. I was like, OMG. And I said, wait a minute, you mean I'm going to get to – and I got to fly with them for Be two days. Be on the same plane. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm – you know, I'm getting to serve them. I'm having all these great one-on-one chats. The President and I are talking about everything. I'm just like, this is, like, so surreal. Surreal, um, I was going to say. It's got to feel like an out-of-body experience almost. It wasn't odd about it. It was, you know, it was, oh, gosh. Ugh. I'm right, I did write about it, and I'm writing about this in, in my story, but I, I will talk a little more in detail about it. But it was so, um, so amazing to have this experience and for them to be as wonderful as I thought they would be. So, of course, I got my pictures, but I also got two days of chatting with them. And just to tell you, just to show you how phenomenal they are, I was talking to Mrs. Obama about, like at that time, her book Becoming had just come out. Shortly, it had been it. It was the sales were at five million at that point. But um, <laughs> and and I know because I, I was telling the, the rest of my colleagues that that I said her book had five million uh, copies sold already in climbing. And Mr. Uh, President Obama says, "Oh, Lonell is the hype man." No, so that's how I remember <laughs> that, that when that happened. But she said, I said, you know, I was telling her how I had gone to uh, see her book launch in Chicago uh, with Oprah the first night. And she goes, well, you know, we're coming to Atlanta. And I was like, well, I have to put that on my vision board because I don't know if you know, but that has been sold out. And she didn't say anything. And literally two weeks before they were coming to Atlanta, her office contacted me and gave me two tickets. And it was Mother's Day weekend in Atlanta. So my mom said, Mom, you got to come to Atlanta to get your Oh, my Day God. <laughs> okay, so, so let's, let's, just, let's pause here for just a second because – Here's what I want to say about manifesting, and you touched on it at the beginning of the story, and it's so huge, and I'm doing a virtual masterclass uh, right now, and um, we wrapped up one session last night. We were talking about this very thing. I am constantly telling people you have to separate the dream from the money. In other words, oh, yes. I want a dream so huge, I have absolutely no idea. Like I couldn't even buy this experience if I wanted it. So we have to get out of our heads about this shit. We have to stop thinking of our dreams as having a dollar sign. Because if we do that, all we're doing is cock-walking our dreams. So knock it off. (laughs) Absolutely. And I've said this a million times. It's like money money is the only path that you see to attaining your dream, then your vision is limited. You've got tunnel vision. Yeah, you're boxing yourself in. Most of the things that I've manifested – would cost me a lot of money and didn't cost me a dime. Exactly. Thank you. And that's one of the reasons why I loved your story so much initially is because uh, when I was learning all of this stuff and when I was teaching it and when I ultimately taught the method in uh, Hustle, Believe, Receive, that was a huge piece that I felt like I really like discovered or came upon. I was like, if people understood that most of these insane experiences, experiences that millionaires can't buy because they're not even for sale, I am living Mm -hmm. and they didn't cost me a dime. I mean, dinner with Oprah is not for sale. (laughs) No one can just be like, hey, I want to buy dinner with Oprah. So there's there's three big, big lessons here that I want people to take away. Um, One is you put the dreams up there and you didn't let kind of anything – prevent you from putting, from putting it up there. And that's a big piece of it. A lot of pe- people will say, 
um, the timeline is going to prevent me from putting it up there or the money is going to prevent me or the worthiness. I don't feel like I'm worthy of having dinner with right. Oprah, so I'm not going to put it on there, right? Um, and you said something huge, which was I felt entitled. Of course I deserve this, right? right. I deserve to have that of moment. Um, that's another big piece. And then the other one is letting it go. You let it go. So there are dreams that are on my board that are so big that there is no path to them. Like I couldn't right. force a path to them if I fucking wanted to, okay? Like they're that right. big. You can't. No, so those are the ones you just breathe out into the universe. You let them go and you allow your excitement, which you did, you allow the excitement to come in and say, one day when that happens, I'm going to be the most grateful bitch on the planet. Like I'm okay. going to be so living in my glory, you know, like it's going to feel <laughs> amazing. And that's what I'm always trying to help people see. Like if you can just put it out there. And then yes. back away from it and just say, I don't care when it happens, it's going to be freaking awesome. It's going to be and awesome. And that's exactly just what you did. It. And I then the last thing I, I, oh, is ahead, the universe delivers bigger. Did it not? It bigger. delivers like so far beyond bigger. anything that our little brain could have thought up that it's like, so thank God I let it go. Thank God I let it go. And, yeah, I mean, because like I said, with the Obamas, I just wanted a picture and to say thank you. I ended up having two days with it. Right. And plus, <laughs> So and you're, like, on a private net with just them. Like, come on. It doesn't yeah. get better than that. Come on. That, it doesn't get better than that. So, yeah, you're right. You, you do have to surrender it. You have to let it go. And, um, and really just know that you're entitled. I'll tell you something that Oprah told me one time. Um, I was in a room, and there were a lot of A-listers there. It was an event that she had invited me to. And I was sitting kind of looking like, like I was intimidated because there were so many, like, I mean, yeah, of course. In this, in this, in this room. I'm like, oh my. And she, she, and, and you know, and, every, and whenever she's in the room, everybody swarms her. But she spoke to me. She, and we, we connected a little bit. She, she could sense something off. And she just said to me, she says, Lonell, you're in the room because you belong in the room. And I was Ooh. like, Ooh. <laughs> Bring <laughs> okay. And I was, I was like, I'm thinking to myself, is it that damn obvious? I'm like, okay. Well, let me. But it was like in that moment when she said that to me, it just resonated. And I was like, oh, yes, I belong here. I wouldn't be here if so I beautiful. wasn't supposed to be here. So yeah. no, don't be intimidated because everybody in this room eats and excretes just like you do. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, my so yeah, God. You, you, I, I you just have it. to know that you're, you're entitled to these things. You're worthy of them. You're not being given these dreams for nothing. And if you, like you were saying before, um, where people were affirming lack, like, you know, well, I don't, money's the only way, I don't have enough money to do this, or I don't have enough time to do that. If, if those are your affirmations, then that's what's going to manifest. You don't have 100%. money, and you don't have time. So listen 100%. to your language. Listen to your language. Constantly check yourself and make sure that you're not, speak, that you're not affirming the negative and that you're affirming what, what it is that you actually want to experience. Absolutely. That's a huge thing. It, and so... How did you, do you think this has kind of always been innate in you? And I do think um, many people are innately born positive. I wish I was one, not. Um, but I do have the tools to become positive, which has changed my life. Um, but do you think that you, that I guess confidence and um, the belief in yourself has been something that you've uh, practiced over time? Is it something you got from childhood? Where does that come from? And do you, do you work on, on building it? Because I know a lot of people do really struggle with worthiness um, blocks and do a lot of coaching on that. Um, yes. And it it's, can be really crippling. But what, I, what I'm constantly teaching them is that's just a story. It's just a story you've told yourself. And the beautiful part about that is at any given time, right now, today, <laughs> listeners, today, you can decide that that's not your story anymore. And then you right. begin to create a new one and you say it to yourself every single day until you step into and become it. Um, so what, what's been the case for you? For me, I think it's been a combination of all that. As a kid, I probably was a little more optimistic, a little bit of a daydreamer. Um, but I did also have forces around me kind of, some forces were reinforcing the positive and reinforcing my creativity and other forces were trying to, and I think for me, I think I was lucky in having this whole vast array of people around me on different levels of the emotional, financial, and everything 
of the scale, I got to see that everyone was crazy. <laughs> so it right. did also kind of force me to, to, to go within and to learn. But it's still something that I constantly teach myself. Even, even at this point, people are like, oh, you, you do so well at manifesting. But, you know, there are times when, when the motivator needs motivating. So 100%. There, that, that, that's when I'll turn to people like you, um, my gratitude partner, Rich Cruz. We'll go back and forth every day with our, what, the things that we're grateful for. Um, and so you constantly have to nourish and feed and exercise and massage that, that spiritual muscle, if you will. You can't – so it's – yeah, it's not something you don't just you know you don't eat once and get full and then live the rest exactly. of your life. Exactly, it's know. practice. It's practice. Yeah, <laughs> hold that. off, you get hungry and eating. Yeah, go ahead. You just said you have a gratitude partner. Please explain. Please yes. tell us how to how we how we nurture this, how we make one. I love this idea. Okay, so about I want to say it's probably been four or five years ago. Um, uh, Ariana Huffington did an online class for her book, Thrive. She did it through Oprah's. Oprah had all these online uh, self-help classes. And so she did one called Thrive. And one of our assignments during the class was to, fi- to write down five things that you're grateful for each day. And then she said, you need to find someone else who's in the class to hold you accountable. So my buddy Rich Cruz and I were uh, in the class together, in the class together, and so we held each other accountable. And so when the class ended, we just kept doing it. We still do it today to this day. Oh, my so, God. That is everything. Because yeah. it's different. <laughs> you it's know, it's wonderful. different than writing it down on your own, I think, um, which a lot of people have done. And I'm a huge believer in gratitude. Um, gratitude is what's getting me through every day of this in an optimistic way, you know. Um, and it, it's, God, it will change your life alone. But I think a lot of people have a hard time tapping into actually feeling grateful and and having that focus so have someone hold you accountable in your life i think that is just awesome you know and make that commitment to each other maybe make a six-month commitment or a three-month or whatever it is um and so do you guys do you have a a routine that you text is it every day is it uh we do he's he we we shoot for every day um sometimes what will happen with me he's pretty consistent with doing it every day Sometimes what happens with me is I'll log them in there. Will you travel? (laughs) And then you're you're um, on a plane, right? But we use the gratitude app, so it's it's, I'll put them in there, but I'll forget to send them. Oh God, I forgot to send this. So he might get three days from me where he's he's pretty consistent doing it every day, and then he might get like two a week from me, but they are for all the days of the week, you know. So I don't necessarily, but but our our agreement was to do it daily. So five things every day, and we. We exchange emails, and we do it directly through this gratitude app. So make, there's no excuse. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it's that. A, it's a powerful tool. So, Lena, tell us a little bit about um, how you, you know, because at the time of this recording, um, we are going through COVID, and each of these interviews, I'm, I'm really interested in what tools and tips um, people have that they are using in their life. I mean, you're normally on a plane literally every week, right? Um, You're in different countries probably a couple times a month. I mean, you are a true jet setter. Uh, So being home (laughs) in quarantine for this long has got to be an alternate universe a bit for you. What are some things that you're doing to keep your mind tight and positive and all those good things? So (laughs) it's funny because a lot of my friends are asking me, you know, are you going nuts because you've never been home this long? And I'm actually, this is like the fourth week, fourth or fifth week, and I'm loving it. Um, but what I'm doing, what I, what I forced myself to do, because the first couple of weeks I was like, child, I'm just going to sleep until whenever I'm, when I'm waking up. And get you, What's your teeth? I'm catching up on 20 years of sleep. But now what I forced myself, because then I was also sleeping at weird hours, because I'd be up till like 4 or 5 in the morning, and I'd sleep until noon. So it's like, okay, I've got to do a little better than this. So I'm trying to get myself into a routine. So that was very important for me um, to establish a routine, like, okay, get up in the morning. There's some meditating to do. That's a big, a big thing for me is my meditation. Um, I'm, I'm an avid reader, so I love reading books, so I like to make sure I at least have an hour booked out of the day to do some reading. I will do my work emails. If I've got some projects or something that I've got to do for work, I'll work on that for a few hours. Um, and I've been trying to do some form of physical exercise. I haven't in the last couple of days, but I'll get back into it later today. Uh, so basically establishing that routine has been good for me so that 
the days are, you know, the days are not just bleeding yeah. into one another. So that I'm, I'm doing something to be productive. Um, I spend some time with my future board, my current future board, actually. I just made some adjustments on it yesterday. Ooh, and, love that. Um, so, uh, so I got to ask that, you a question. That's amazing important. Yeah, go ahead. You might hate me for this one. <laughs> um, when we were having lunch, you were talking about writing your story and writing a book. So I'm just curious, is, is COVID giving you an opportunity to get some of that writing in? Uh, yes, because it's funny because as we were speaking, uh, when I was saying earlier, I've been writing about uh, what I can what I can say of the Obama experience. I was actually just kind of jotting that down and how it came to manifest. So I have been writing that. I'm still part of me is just reluctant about like uh, do I really want to put this out in the universe and then part of it's like you wouldn't have this seed planted fool if you weren't supposed to put it out in the exactly. universe. So Yeah, it's on your it's heart. Just, just like yeah. this was on my heart for two years and I was kind of kinda of, you know, ducking from it a little bit until I was like, you know what? You, we can't ignore our callings. I feel like I don't. I don't want a bomb to explode in my life, you know. Right. Um, but I let me just be your your voice of encouragement. You have an amazing story. Whatever it is you decide to tell in it, um, you you truly do. And I want the whole world to get an opportunity to to know it and know you. And so go follow Lonel, everybody. I will put uh, your links in the show notes. Um, head over to thank Instagram, you. give him a follow. And I can't thank you enough for this conversation. It was so good to catch up with you. I felt like we just had our personal catch-up chat that the whole world gets to now listen to. Yes. Um, <laughs> God, thank you. Thank you for sharing your no, life. Thank, thank you, you for being so a light much. in my life. Yes. And this likewise, an honor. thank you for inspiring me and giving me that kick in the butt when I need it. So um, I am just as grateful for you as you are for me. So this is a, this is lovely. Yes. And, I love and you. onward and, and upward. I love absolutely, you too. always, always, always. And guys, please, um, if this, you know, if you resonated with our show today, can you please share the love and give back? I have no problem asking for, <laughs> for that. Um, go, you know, post comments. Go follow Lonel. Give us feedback. This is, you know, we're doing this because um, we are so passionate about all the things we teach because we know it will change your life if you put work into it um, and just do it. So we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, both of us, I know, would love to, uh, to hear from you. All right, you guys, go hustle and thrive. Thanks again, Lonel. Thank you, guys. Keep shining. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.